What's up, everybody? This is your host, Josh. And this is your host, Rail. Welcome to Econics Talks. This is our podcast, and we're going to be talking about different lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Econics Talks, guys. Today, we actually have a really cool topic that I um, I like talking about, um, impulse buying. So today, we're going to be actually analyzing the nine different ways to stop impulse buying. So we've all been there. You know, you see something in a store you like, and you know you have the money to get it. Next thing you know, you're spending money you know damn well you shouldn't have, all because you fell for the infamous impulse buy. So there was actually a time when I really wanted a Series 4 Apple Watch. I I had been rocking with this Series 1 for a few years, so naturally I wanted to upgrade. So I'm out of town and I saw a few people with it and I kept you know, itching to have it on my wrist. Then I, uh, I made up my mind and said, no matter what, I'm going to bed with that watch on my wrist. Dumb. I was allowing myself to be influenced by societal pressure. And long story, long story short, I walked in the Apple store planning to get the regular black, um, Apple watch and, uh, ended up leaving with the gold stainless steel joint. Um, I had that watch for about six months and and someone broke it with their keys. Pissed. Yes, I was pissed. Needless to say, I could have thought about my purchase, asked myself, is this really something I need or could it wait? Impulse buying does suck at times, but like I said, it happens to everyone. So in order to become a more disciplined spender and ultimately a better investor, you got to learn how to stop buying things off of a whim. So let's go ahead and break down how to stop impulse buying. Number one, the time rule. The time rule is simple. When you see something that you want, make yourself wait a certain amount of time before purchasing it. The longer you can go, the better. If you still really, really want to make that purchase at the end of that time period, then go ahead and consider it. The time can be as long as 24 hours or even 30 days. It's really up to you to be honest with yourself. So please hold yourselves accountable when you're actually making this time rule. Number two, do not shop when you're emotional. (laughs) This is actually a funny one. Um, A lot of us shop when we're angry, we're sad, or just playing out bored. So it can be food, clothes, whatever. But essentially, we're just using this as a coping mechanism to get by. And in the end, we end up making poor financial choices in the process. I remember one time being super bored and go, you know, God bless technology and online shopping, but it doesn't make this any easier. Anyways, I was just scrolling on IG and you know, they've got like hella ads for days, always trying to sell you something. Well, your boy ended up with a pair of J's from StockX that I absolutely did not need. Again, shopping when I was emotional, I was bored. And so I just just used it as a mechanism to um, buy something and I was just making poor decisions. So number three, think about changing where and how you shop. 
So yeah, I just knocked online shopping, but it does have some benefits to it. Usually when shopping online, say for instance, Amazon, I search for what I need, put it in the cart and check out. Well, on the flip side, if I go to a store, I'm definitely more tempted to purchase more things because now I can touch and feel those items I want. It's kind of like when you go to the grocery store without a list and you end up walking down every single aisle and you go to the checkout line and you realize you got a bunch of crap that you don't need. Yeah, same concept. If you need to shop for something, you can do most of it online to avoid the temptations of just grabbing an extra item off the shelf. So next time you go shopping, you know, just think about changing where and how you shop. Um, You know, you might want to transition to a lot of things that are online or you can just make sure that you bring a list when you go grocery shopping. (laughs) Number four, don't shop with the wrong people. We all have those friends who tell us, girl, get that. It looks good on you. Or, bruh, go ahead, grab that because you know you want to anyway. Well, (laughs) if you're the type of person to be a social shopper, then you try to go out with friends who are frugal. That's really the solution. There's, those are usually like the friends who are more likely to let you know when you're about to make a dumb decision. And then they make you think twice before buying it. So if your homeboy is like, hey, yo, man, chill, you don't really need to buy that dog. You just got a new pair of shoes. That's probably the person you really want to hang around and take shopping with you when you're socially shopping. Number five, give yourself a splurge budget. Yes, it's okay okay to plan out your splurging. Let me repeat that. It's okay to plan out your splurging. You know that budget that you do when you have some extra cash lying around that you could just do whatever with? Well, yeah, that's your splurge budget. So for anybody who's trying to put together a splurge budget, make sure that it does not take away from your overall goal. So if your overall goal is to save money, then whatever your splurge budget is should not be taking away from you saving. Save first, pay your bills, then at the end of that, whatever you have left over, use some of that to go towards splurging. You could literally plan to blow money on a shirt, blow money on going out on dates. For me, I like comic books. So I make sure I put some money aside to make sure that I have um, some comics, some new comics or some continuing series that I like to read. So whatever you're into, just make sure that you keep the vision um, in front of your mind so that you do not take away what um, take away from what the main goal is. Number six, only buy things that you can return. This one is funny, but it works like a charm. If you really have a problem with impulse purchases, at the very least, buy from stores with good return policies. Let me repeat that. Buy from stores with good return policies. Start implementing what we like to call a cooling off period where you ask yourself, do I really need this? Well, after the impulse buying high has worn off, you can calmly make a wiser decision and return whatever item you just bought. Cooling off periods are very effective because we've all felt dumb an hour later after buying something that we really didn't need. And we look down and you can't even return it because you just bought it from the wrong store. And then you hit yourself with the, oh, well, I already did it. Or um, 
I'll just keep it. No, challenge yourself to actually follow through with your cooling off period. And if you really don't need it, return it. Get your money back. Number seven, do not be fooled by sales. Number seven, do not be fooled by sales. We all love a good sale, but do not let discounts drain your pockets. There will always be a sale just like there will always be bills to pay. Think about that the next time you empty out a store. The trick to mastering this is really by categorizing your purchases purchases between I really wanted this and oh, I could use this. For years, a lot of my purchases were made were made up of things I only sort of liked, but I found them on sale. Remember, if you see a product on sale, you will always save more money if you don't buy it at all. So when I look at my closet, a lot of the shoes that I've purchased, um, they were only things that I kind of liked and they weren't something that I really, really wanted. So I'll give you an example. I have a pair of uh, sevens, Jordan 7 Bordeaux when those came out. So I really, really wanted those shoes. I still wear them. But there's also another pair of shoes, um, some Alpha Bounces. They're black Alpha Bounces that I kind of liked, but I hardly wear them anymore. And it's not that, you know, I was just like, oh, at the time I was like, you know, I tried them on, I liked them, but deep down I knew that wasn't a pair of shoes. It wasn't a shoe that I really, really wanted. So at the end of the day, a lot of our closets are filled up with things that are some things or things that we just kind of like and not things that we really, really want. And uh, unfortunately, those shoes and things that we buy start to creep to the back of our closets and we really don't wear them. So remember that when you see that sale, don't just buy it just because it's on sale. That's what a sale is designed for. That's how they that's how companies get you to spend more money by putting things on sale. So understand that, recognize that, and don't fall victim to it. This leads me to number eight. Number eight is keep a list of things you really want and need. If something you really want goes on sale, then you're more than likely going to buy it. But if something that you just like goes on sale, you're probably going to think twice about it before you actually purchase it because you've already written down what matters to you. Knowing the difference between needs and wants is crucial. So mastering this concept will save you a lifetime full of regrets and poor financial choices. The people who can separate the difference between needs and wants, those are also the same people who can also differentiate assets and liabilities. Is this something that's going to enrich your life? Is this something that's going to continue to grow your life? So at the end of the day, if you don't know the difference between wants and needs, write them down, make a list. And at the end of the day, you will be successful. Number nine, don't give yourself access to money. So if you're really a chronic impulse buyer, then take away the most important variable to make it all happen. Yes, that means your access to money. I know it sounds a little bit extreme, but it does work. So if you're going out with friends, then leave your credit cards and debit cards at home and only take a limited amount of cash. This forces you to really think about what you're going to buy before you actually purchase it. So for the people out there, I know there's some, I have some friends out here who, who go out and then they buy a drink or two, right? And then next thing you know, they're buying rounds for everybody because they're making impulse buys. Well, if you only take a limited amount of cash with you, then you don't have to worry about getting drunk and buying a bunch of money, buying a bunch of rounds for people who you don't even really know. Um, so at the end of the day, guys, it is crazy, but 
this does protect you. I've even heard of some people actually freezing their credit cards. So if they really, really want to use it, they have to wait for it to thaw out. Well, by the time it does thaw out, they've rethought their decision. So if you're really a chronic, chronic impulse buyer, put these things into place and implement not even just having access to any money at all or giving yourself a very limited number. And that really does help some people. So guys, in the end, impulse buying is something that we can all work on. It's okay to treat yourself sometimes. It's okay to take care of you. But when you do so, make sure it's something that really makes you happy. One of the dumbest decisions that I avoided that I avoided when was when I was about to drop a lot of my savings as a down payment for a car I wanted. I knew I really wanted this car, but then I started to ask myself why. Well, it was only for a few reasons. My current car was busted. I mean, the AC wasn't working. Windows wouldn't really go down like they were supposed to. My headlights was out, so I was using my brights all the time. I mean, I had a bunch of problems. My car was busted. It was hurt. And I knew at my job that I wanted to have an SUV. But deep down, it really wasn't my dream car. And I knew this. So, you know, thank God, man, for good friends. And shout out to Marlon. Um, So my friend stepped in, Marlon stepped in, and he dropped some real game on me. He dropped some gems. He said, if you drop that kind of cash on a car, you make sure it's something you want and not just something you're settling for. In essence, what he was saying was, at the end of the day, you got to walk by that car every day. You got to drive that car every day. So when you park your car and you put it in your garage, and you look at the depreciating asset that you just bought, you better better know that it's worth it that you're driving that car. So I was literally about to make the purchase of that car the very next day. But thank God I had talked to him. And instead of buying that car, I used that money to invest in an e-commerce startup with him. And that ended up really enhancing my investment portfolio and really bought me some good returns. So at the end of the day, guys, be smart about your spending because it does give you more to invest with. At the end of the day, we want to make sure that we are enhancing our lives and building better spending habits. So when there's when there's times that we want to buy something that can really, you know, put us in a better position in life, that we're able to strike when the iron is hot. And on that note, guys, thank you so much for supporting. As always, like, comment, subscribe, and share this with your friends and family. Have a good one, y'all. Peace. Peace.